Welcome to the podcast for Runaway. I'm the author, Sabine Wilder, here to read my book to you. Let's get started. Chapter 6 Fenris The brown 1973 Hornet pulled off the road into an unremarkable motel parking lot. The woman driving stared apprehensively at the graying siding of the motel before cutting the engine. Evie Burns took her time getting out of the car, despite the fact that her younger brother Les had already bounded around to her side, anxious to be on their way. The boy smiled easily as he reached out to pat the hood of the car. Good thing we made it. You doubted the hornet? Evie questioned him. Nah, more like the driver. Evie shot him her iciest glare. Les raised his hands in surrender. Whoa, take it easy, sis. I'm just joking around. I know, Evie sighed. This was how Les dealt with stress. He meant well, even if his antics were driving her up the wall. Les had a light-hearted nature that balanced out Evie's seriousness, but the siblings were opposites in more than just personality. Les leaned against the car, short and stocky, with tanned skin, dark hair, and clear First Nations features. He looked nothing like his tall, fair sister with the piercing blue eyes. It amused Evie to watch people struggle to wrap their heads around the idea that they were siblings. The thought lifted her spirits momentarily. Let's go. Evie led the way down a row of motel doors before stopping in front of the sixth one. Her heart hammered in her chest. Raising her knuckles, she rapped on the door. A flurry of commotion rustled inside before it grew quiet and the door opened. The young man who answered jumped back when he saw her standing at the threshold. "'Miss Burns, we weren't expecting you until—' "'We drove all night.' Evie pushed past him into the room. Pleasantries could wait. That's not why she was here. Inside, one of the beds had been pushed to the side to make more room around the small table cluttered with papers and computers. The door to the adjoining room hung open, and a portly, middle-aged man stormed through it, his face lighting up crimson. His sandy hair was giving way to white— and his mustache bristled until his eyes fell on his guests, and he smiled. Evie, it's good to see you again. Come in, come in. It's a blasted mess in here, but we'll fix that for you. Don't worry about it, Walter. Not on my account. Evie stepped forward, meeting Walter with a hearty handshake. Well, at least you'll let me introduce you to the team. Walter gestured at the others gathered in the room, a woman and a man, both dressed in black. How many of you are there? Evie scanned the room, sensing there were more. Five, including myself. One team is out at the moment, but we can fill you in. Walter pulled out a chair for her at the cluttered table. That's a lot for this type of investigation. Evie felt her hands grow clammy. The room felt too warm and stuffy after being outside. Of course it is for a standard case, but you know this could be more than that. Walter huffed, puffing out his mustache. That's why we called you. If we really are up against our old foe again, Fenris is taking no chances. The room grew quiet, and all eyes fell on Evie. She moved to the chair Walter held out for her, sitting as calmly and casually as she could. Have you confirmed the sighting? No, not yet. That's why you're here. Walter waited for everyone else to take a seat at the table before grabbing one himself. An extra nose or two can't hurt, right? Les leaned back in his chair. Quite. Walter folded his hands in front of him on the table. But noses that know this scent are of particular value to us at this time. We'd like to thank you both for coming. You know your thanks is unnecessary. We'd be here regardless. 
Evie didn't mean to sound harsh, but the longer Walter dallied on formalities, the longer she had to wait for her briefing, which was the only thing standing between her and hunting her prey. Yes, I know that, and I know how anxious you are to bring this to a resolution, but first things first, Evelyn. Walter stared at Evie until she looked away, conceding his leadership. It could have been worse. As regimental as Walter was, when it came down to it, she knew he wanted this as much as she did. Right, Walter cleared his throat. Allow me to introduce you. This fine young lady is Evelyn Burns, and the lad with the cheeky grin plastered across his face is Leslie Burns. Please call me Evie. And less. As you wish. Walter waved at the woman and man in black, respectively. Agents Richards and Park. Now, let's get down to business. As I mentioned to you on the phone, Evie, our little discovery turned out to be a surprise. Richards and Park here were investigating a 242. Standard stuff. But then they had the sighting. Walter motioned at Park to continue, but he faltered under Evie's gaze. Well, uh, ma'am, we're still not 100% sure it's him. Which makes sense, Evie said. We haven't seen hide nor hair from him in over 30 years, and if you've never laid nose to his scent... Agent Park, Walter drew himself up, commanding a presence. Why don't you start from the beginning? Yes, sir. As you said, Richards and I were here investigating a 242, a potential rogue attack, but immediately we felt it was more like a K-19. An awakening? Evie asked, her curiosity piqued. Yes, ma'am. The victim was a young boy, only seventeen. His wounds are consistent with those from a large canine. The locals have been cooperative, and we've confirmed that it looks like one of us. Anyway, the investigation got shelved when Richards and I went to check out the Vic's funeral. It's a small community, so half the town was there. I can imagine the death of someone so young would be felt strongly in a little place like this. Evie's heart went out to them. Absolutely. We were checking out people close to the boy for possible leads when I spotted him. I was surprised because we don't have one of them registered for this area. Watch your tone, Park, Walter grumbled a warning. Begging your pardon, sir. I wouldn't normally, but the way he smelled. You know how sometimes... They smell off. But this one was rank. He fit the hunter's description, scent and all. He clearly wasn't human and wasn't supposed to be in this area. Plus, given his proximity to the Vic. Did he see you? Evie asked the question, plaguing her mind. I can't be sure. We were downwind and he didn't acknowledge us. Nonetheless, Walter said, we are treating this as if he knows we are here. But wouldn't he have run by now if he knew we were here? Richard spoke up. No, he'd only step up his timeline. A chill spread through Evie's blood. He'd be on his guard after the K-19 anyway. He knows our patterns. You don't think he's responsible for the boy? Park asked. Not this again. Walter rolled his eyes. You confirmed yourself it had to be one of us. Yes, but... Hunter's really old, isn't he? We don't know the extent of his abilities. Some of us know more than we'd like. Evie fought back the flood of memories that would only keep her from the task at hand. Besides, it doesn't matter. The boy is dead and Hunter's going to use his death to draw us in. We're compromised before we even start. We need confirmation he's here. If he is, we're wasting daylight. 
That may be, but you're not going to go running off without the final piece of the puzzle. Walter flipped through a pile of papers on the table before extracting a photo. What do you mean? There may or may not be a connection, but if we're right about this being an awakening, it might be worth following up on. The victim was out in the woods when he was attacked. This is the girl who was with him. Walter slid the labeled photo across the table. Evie picked up the photo, scanning over an unremarkable teenage girl. She didn't get Walter's joke until she read the name on the label and laughed out loud. What is it? Les asked. Her last name is Wolf. Evie slammed the photo back on the table. Despite that fact, I don't think she's aware of her heritage, Walter said. Evie felt the pit of her stomach drop. Before she knew it, she was on her feet, heading for the door, the photo of the girl in hand. Walter jumped up to cut her off. And where do you think you're going? Walter, don't you see? This is the perfect storm! Evie waved the photo desperately in his face. Walter held up a hand, forcing Evie to stop. Explain. This! Evie held the photo between them. This is our connection, right here. He knows, Walter. He's probably known since he arrived in this town that this girl was one of us, but she didn't know it. He's been waiting for this, for her to awaken and us to come running. Walter grew grave as the situation sunk in. Do you think the girl will be his next victim? Ah! Evie paced around the room, her mind running in circles. It could be her, if he really wants to mess with our heads, but I don't think so. It's not his style. She's too obvious, too strong. No. If you ask me, it'll be someone close to her, though. This girl and everyone she cares about are in danger. Make no mistake, though. Evie froze, staring at Walter. He's been planning this one for a long time. Which means we can't be too careful. Walter placed a firm hand on Evie's shoulder. An awakening complicates things. He knows it will. He's counting on that. Walter, we don't have time to do this by the book. Says who? Les jumped up from the table. I can offer to be the girl's advocate. I'm already registered with Fenris. Walter ran his fingers through his hair, tugging at the strands. She's not even going to know what that is, Les. Even if she agrees, it's stretching protocol. One child is dead already, Walter. Evie stressed the urgency of the situation. We have a chance to save the next. You're right, Evie. Someone's life is on the line, and I'm not going to let anyone screw this up because they didn't think things through first. Please, Les pushed his way between Walter and Evie. There's no reason we can't do this properly and quickly. Send Evie and me out to meet the girl and assess the situation. I know what I'm doing. I won't push it if it looks dangerous, for the girl or anyone else. You both have to trust me on this one. Walter gritted his teeth, holding in a snarl, but took a step back, rubbing the tension out of his face with a calloused palm. All right, I will put my trust in you, Les, if you promise to keep your sister in line. I trust your judgment. You have my leave to make contact with the girl, but only if you think it's safe to do so and won't compromise the case. I won't let you down, sir. Les bounced forward, grabbing his sister's arm, leading her to the door. Yes, both of you get out of my sight before I change my mind, Walter growled. Evie needed no further bidding, leaving the Fenris agents to their business. They were halfway to the car when Les nudged her with his elbow. Aren't you glad you brought me along? 
Evie wanted to smack the smug smile right off her brother's face. Thrilled. Now get your tail in the car before I bite it off. That concludes Chapter 6. Runaway is currently available for you to listen to for free. I will release a new chapter every week until the book is finished. But if you can't wait to find out what happens, the ebook is available through Kobo and Amazon. Just search for Sabine Wilder or get a direct link from my website at sabinewilder.com. I'd love to hear from you. If you have any questions, comments, or would like to give me feedback, you can always email me at sabine at sabinewilder.com. Don't forget to rate this podcast and help me grow. Thank you for listening and have a pleasant night.